Okay, and on that note, welcome to an episode of KC Caffeine where we explore what it feels like to be a blue dot in between two red states. I thought we decided we were fuchsia. <laughs> we did. It's this okay. like shimmering. That's my, that's my new tagline. Sequence. Okay. Let me have fuchsia. it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> As always, my lovely co host, Bonnie to my Clyde, without the gross sex stuff. <laughs> um, it's a lot less poetic when you. When just you lay say it out that, like that, right? I know. <laughs> Sunny to my share. I'd have gone with like a Thelma to Louise or something like that. <laughs> the, the, the Sunny to my share works because yeah. I would be share and you would be Sunny. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right? <laughs> it sounds like it works that way. Uh, Blue. Hi, Blue. Hi. How was your week? It was good. How was yours? You know, we'll get there. We're okay. not there yet, but we'll get there. Next off. The most eloquent person that I know. I remember I opened with animas. <laughs> Before you, what you do with your animas is you, your business. Be, and that joke works on multiple levels, just so you know. That you was a opened, meta joke. You opened with enemas. Game, so everybody. You commit to words. Hello. <laughs> I'm here. You I had are. a long day, so whatever you get is what you get. Yeah, it's gonna. And we're gonna be on one apparently this episode. Yeah, apparently this is gonna be one for the ages. And back again is the incredible, the dynamic, the joy to be around, and all around Billy badass Stewie. I think I'm getting a little too much credit there. I'm not a joy to be around. <laughs> You're a joy to be around for me. Okay, that's fair. And everybody in the room, and if not, they can eat a dick just or like, not. Like we're just laying it out, <laughs> right? Clearly today is a sad day. That escalated quickly. (laughs) So quickly. So, I mean, today, before we go any further into uh, what we want to talk about today, I think that although you guys, it'll be a week before you guys hear it, I think that we should mention the passing of the legend of the diva. Everyone's favorite songstress, person whose, you know, music will stand the test of time, one Miss Aretha Franklin. Um, She did pass away this morning. Unknown complications. I thought that we here at KC Caffeine felt like it was important that we acknowledge that. Uh, and maybe we could talk a little bit about it. She had an impact not only on just like music, but also, you know, society and civil rights and all of these things that we find to be important. So, Blue, what are your thoughts? What's your favorite Aretha Franklin song? Let's do that. Gosh. Uh, yeah, I was trying to figure that out. I was like, oh, yeah, I need to do my uh, singing, just listen to Aretha playlists to... Uh... Figure out which is my favorite. Uh, I couldn't do that this time. Like I did it with Michael. I did it with Prince. I, just, I couldn't do it with this one. I don't know. I don't There'll know. be a time I get, and a place. Mom. I like several, so I don't really have a favorite, per se. What's one that like stands out? Everyone says, like, oh, respect, or, you know. Yeah. Respect. Natural, natural woman, woman. Giving him something he can feel. Yeah. You know, so, there's so many. <laughs> once you, you, start, once you start with one, you go. You start going through all of them. All right. Uh, Gabe, what about you? Mine was, def- it was, I don't know why, Eleanor Rigby. Um, I couldn't even tell you who originally wrote that song, but for whatever reason, her singing it always stood out to me just with the content and how she how she did it. So it was Eleanor Rigby. Uh, so you said you don't really have one. I'm not super familiar with her body of work, in all fairness. So now I have to go and listen to Aretha Franklin's Eleanor Rigby. And uh, I mean, I know a lot of the other songs that she is famous for, but I don't have a favorite. Okay, uh, for me, it's always been uh, Donna Washington's This Bitter Earth. I just think her rendition of it is absolutely beautiful. There's also a lot of her gospel tracks are amazing. And see, I'm not familiar with her. Oh, her go- some of her, I mean, then it's all like the old, like, 60s style mm-hmm. gospel. So it's that mm-hmm. real, like, super churchy, the singing from, like, like Negro spiritual-esque. <laughs> 
type, and it's so good. Um, get you in the feels. It just gets you, like, you. there's something about her voice. Uh, but I also think that another thing that would be interesting to talk about, as far as her concern, and Stewie, you can uh, step out of this one as well. <laughs> Um, but like her personality was always like, she knew herself. Mm -hmm. She knew what her voice was. She knew kind of what her place was in kind of society. She was the queen of soul and you you would have addressed her as such. Mm -hmm. And she didn't, she knew her worth Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you could hear things like in some of the interviews that she did where like, you know, some people would say this is a bad thing, but like, she didn't really have a lot of time or interest in the people who came after her because like she paved that way she's already done it all there were some famous feuds that she had had with other artists um that one of which spawned my favorite youtube series uh got to be real which was uh, <laughs> essentially imagine taking someone taking clips from interviews and redubbing them to have to be conversations between, you know, these famous musicians and famous singers. Uh, but they are in the shadiest way possible. <laughs> so, like, at one point, Patti LaBelle is... tells Aretha Franklin that her hair is un-American and she doesn't know why. She's <laughs> refusing citizenship. <laughs> which take me completely out of the game. <laughs> YouTube. You know, just YouTube it. It's Got amazing. It's one of, like, it's, they did it for two years. It's just one person with a couple of people. And a lot of time. You know, and a, and a lot of time. And <laughs> some really good editing skills. Yes. You know. Amazing editing skills. It's, I, it introduced an entirely different generation to Aretha Franklin and her music, as well as like Patti LaBelle and Chaka Khan and all of these other people that we consider to be iconic. Because we grew up in the era where they were still doing current music. You know, so now you've got these new babies who are like, Oh, I know Aretha Franklin from her interviews where she says things like, you know, Taylor Swift's only good for gowns, you know, (laughs) which I personally agree with. Another part, another aspect of of her life that I think is good. Um, What are you guys' thoughts on what I just said? And then we'll get into the other side of that. (laughs) I have nothing to add, so... First thing I thought of, for better or for worse, the first time I saw her and like knew that it was her and could identify her was in Blues Brothers. And it was just, I don't know, it was just in this fun, fun way. And so that's always the first time. Like that's the first imagery that I have. Well, you recognize that this is Aretha. This is who it is. Right. And you start attaching songs to it and a face and the personality and the persona to all of the music. Right. And that's, and did you have anything to add? I don't know. Blues Brothers was a fantastic movie. (laughs) Okay. I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't. Leaving you out. But this also brings us to where that can go horribly wrong, which was the second topic that I wanted to talk about, which is the one that I sent you guys yeah. Yeah. the stuff on. And that is yeah. <laughs> uh, Lauren Hill getting called out for 100% being a terrible person. And <laughs> this is what happens when you... Aretha Franklin is what happens when you know your voice. You know your worth. Your worth and you yeah. know... You you know who you are. You've done the actual work to be like this is who you who I am, and you will address me as such, mm-hmm. and you will treat me like this, and I will not accept anything less. Lauren Hill is what happens when you make one really 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 amazing awesome album, and that goes to your head, mm-hmm. and now everyone must address you as these things, and it's a it's an overinflated sense of self. Like the focus is no longer you somebody knowing themselves. The focus is making sure you control how other people know you. Right. And 
I personally have said this before, and I don't know if I've said this on this show, but I've said it before that I'm never in 2018 going to see a Lauren Hill show. For what? For two reasons. Number one, I don't know if she's going to be there. So I'm not. <laughs> I've heard rumors. <laughs> yep. I don't have faith that she's going to show up. So. I've heard those stories. That's number one. Number two, you're not going to give me the songs in the original key. In the original key or the original tempo. And I'm finding that this the reason for that is if you read the article where Robert Glasper, who is a well-known jazz musician, Grammy-nominated, like, you know, he's got his bona fides, says that, there is, that she essentially stole all of the music from The Miseducation and didn't credit, yeah. didn't credit any of the people and the writers or anything else. And that she is, like, not very good, horrible to work with. And what I found to be interesting about this, was said in that article goes along with Things that other people who have worked with her have said, you know, mm-hmm. I do. I don't believe the the you know if I wouldn't have made the miseducation or wouldn't have made music if it wasn't for you know for if what new white people. I don't believe that she said that, but I do believe that she has for a long time had an overinflated sense of who she is and hasn't done real work to be treated the way that she expects to be treated. And there's something to be said for faking it till you make it. I think what bummed for me and what those stories, the recent stories coming out were, was just how other people will treat it. And right. it's like, it's one thing to say, I I will be just treated with respect and I will be treated with dignity and I will be treated with what I am worth. But when you put other people on the line or you make them scramble and there's just like a culture of fear about it, it's not about, I have high expectations. It's about, I'm scared. I'm you belong down here. I'm up here. And it doesn't matter who you are or what you're doing for me or that going deep philosophical success requires teams. And even though you're my team, screw you. This is about me kind of thing. So that's where from what was being shared, it's not like that specific to celebrities or or people in, in high profile positions. Like I can think of loads of people that in my personal work history that sounded exactly like that, that they right. run this culture of fear around them and that like slowly there's this transition for the people around them where it goes from I have an opportunity to move forward, I have an opportunity to move up or be successful or involved in something greater than me. And that turns into, this is my only opportunity. And so there's that kind of quiet transition, just becomes scary. And then people, uh, it sounds like if this is similar to what I have witnessed and experienced, it's that culture of fear that, that makes people feel smaller. Mm-hmm. Probably because it's easier and and da 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 down the list of reasons why anyone right. would do that. She's a tyrant. Right. She's got it figured out. She uh, she understands what's going on in the world around her in a way that people don't want to acknowledge. Okay. Bad people understand how to make you do things you don't want to do and let them get away with it. She's figured it out. She says in in the article that you uh, you sent us. She says, okay, everybody's getting paid half of what I told them they were going to pay. At the end of the project. (laughs) Right. And all but one guy pretty much, as far as we can tell from the article, all but one guy goes, okay. She's got it figured out. Right. Right. I'm going to keep the money and none of you are going to try to do anything to stop me because I'm Lauren Hill. That doesn't mean anything outside of the music industry. And it doesn't mean a whole lot in the music industry when you really look at bodies of work right, and because these artists. There's only one body, there's only one complete body of work. And as great as that album is, there's only one. And we keep seeing these reports that it's not her body of work. Right. But she has everyone doing what she wants, like a tyrant, because she's Lauren Hill. You'll refer to me as Miss Hill. Girl, 
You walk in a room and tell me that, you might as well go ahead and refer to me as Mr. Stewart because we're going to have an issue. And, and this isn't going to work. So, so she would call people. you Whitey, but it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that works so long as people need something from her or think that they do. And it works so long as people have that response of, yes, yes. And yes, may I have a, well, and may I have another? <laughs> right. Well, and I think that it, it's, and you mentioned the, the, the article and the one person who was like, no, no, we're not doing, and that is, that was Howard Glassberg. And what I thought was, you know <laughs> that someone is sick of your shit when they're like, when I finish my beef patty, I'm going home and I don't care what y'all did. <laughs> <laughs> the part that it was like, just the beef patty, like. I was like, he's like, I remember because I was eating the beef patty. And it got mentioned like three times. I was like, that's a very specific detail. That's He was mad. I said, you have got to be mad. I'm curious about what that diet is that somebody has a beef patty by itself. I fucking love beef patty. No, no. Okay. Let's, let me explain to you what a beef something? patty is. You are. What a beef patty is, is it's not an actual beef a patty of beef. This is a Jamaican beef patty. Oh, okay. okay. And what that is, is it's like meat uh, inside of a... Like a tamale. Okay. 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 Think of like a tamale. I'm, I mean, I've had I have had a patty before, and they're good to eat by themselves. But this is like in a recording studio, so I'm like, where are you getting this? <laughs> oh, so you knew what I meant when I said a beef patty? Well, I mean, no, if he was actually no, I'm picturing a beef patty. You're yeah. picturing an actual beef patty, like which is i like those are fine to have, and I've <laughs> had them by themselves. But I'm like, okay, you're on like I don't know why I went off on this because <laughs> now you're on a. No, no bread diet, and you're on a no veggie diet. Hey, maybe he's on a no, no carb diet, and so that's all he had was the beef patty was and some lettuce. Patty. I knew he was talking about a Jamaican beef patty. Because I, because I, don't I, know I immediately because I had no clue what was going. On. I, mean, I immediately fine. was like, I want a Jamaican beef patty now. I didn't go get one, but I really, really, really wanted one because I was like, damn, that sounds really good. This was probably ten years ago, and he remembers that must have been a really good beef patty. That be, have you ever had a good beef patty? Nope. I don't do Jamaican. That's it. One of these days, we're going to get Jamaican as a group. I'm down. Well, the, you know, spice. I'm not trying it's to die. Fine. We got this. We got this. I got you. We get you some brown stew chickens. Not spicy. It's fine. I can sit here and mac wax butter about Jamaican food and how it is delicious all day. See, I thought I was like an expert. I was really good at using my context clues about his diet, and it turns no. out I was it's so wrong. You were down the you wrong thought he was just trail. he just fried up a hamburger and was like. <laughs> I was like, and I thought that was more impressive. I was like, he's going to walk into a recording with other professionals and be like, yep, this is a, this is my hamburger patty. patty. What are you going to say about it? (laughs) That's a Jamaican beef patty. Okay. Well, I still like him. Oh, Robert Glasper's It's still impressive. But then he he controls the engagement. They say, we're going to give you half your penny. He says, no, I'm going to finish my lunch. And I'm I'm leaving. And they're like, well, how do we keep you from leaving? Pay me. me Today, you have a half an hour. Here's my account number. Prize. <laughs> and I would like all the money in which you promised me. And he got it. Yeah, yeah. right. Because some people aren't afraid, afraid of tyrants and bullies or however you want to call it. I prefer tyrant because it's a much better term. You don't use it as frequently in sentences. It's... It is a, a lost word. Yeah. It's a sting. So that's really all that I had today on like not things that don't mean the topic in which we've been discussing all month. But I just thought those were really interesting. And when I saw the article, I was like, oh, we are talking about this. <laughs> Because beef patty. <laughs> it did. I saw, I read that and I was like, Ooh, yes. There were other things that we could have talked about today this week. Because like this week was trash as far as celebrities are concerned. Dude, it's Thursday. <laughs> the week is still going. Like the week isn't over yet. <laughs> we got like, one more day. <laughs> what else happened? I lost a day. As a, you sure did. As a, you know, for a quick recap over the week. Recap. Um, 
Recrap so of the week. Appropriate. Uh, somebody said Issa Rae, the, the creator of Insecure, mm-hmm. and said that she that he had he was trying to blackmail her with this information that would damage her and kill her career. Come to find out, what it came down to is he she accidentally stubbed his toe one time in 2012. Shut. I'm um, not playing. Wow. I'm not playing. It was a full two page like <laughs> long. <laughs> Instagram it posts about this whole story and you come to the end of it and you find out that like he's exposing her for accidentally stubbing his toe in 2012. That hey, is neither here. Yes. I mean, never going to work. Like on purpose? That's, he, he, he says it was on purpose. Issa Rae has not responded to this foolishness. This but the internet dragged <laughs> How he's trying to classify it as an attack. Yeah, he's saying he has, she attacked him and she's hard to by, because he's by kicking his, his toe. Yeah, that's we weren't going to get into it because it's weird. The internet has rightfully dragged him through the mud. Okay. It's okay. fine. Uh, Twitter has handled <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Nicki Minaj and her ex Safari got into it where he she exposed him as having a fake hairline, which we all knew if you look at him in pictures. <laughs> to see him. Hang on. Is his name to... Safari? Yes. Okay. Thank you yes. for that. Because <laughs> um, I was like, say what? <laughs> Yes, his name is Safari. That's a whole different thing. He's he's Jamaican. It's is fine. it like Prince? Like just one word? It's it's spelled weird. That's fine. Well, gotcha. Okay, I'm fine. just not up to speed on like anything. You here. haven't missed anything. All we know is that his hairline is jacked. Is he's got a fake hairline, and in doing so, they also exposed someone else named Tyga as having the same fake hairline because they went to the same doctor. It's none of my business. But I just was like, wow, he didn't do anything, and he just got like now we all know his hairline is fake too. Innocent bystanders. Right. Who knew that you could get fake hairlines? I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know that was a thing. Read me either. Like at a these tattoo. Photos, though, but I, no, like, I look terrible. Like a plastic surgery, they will implant a new hairline. Oh, well, that's And you're looking whole, at pictures uh, of yeah. Safari. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem you're looking at, at still photos, and it looks fine in still photos. It's when you see him <laughs> on television mm-hmm. and he moves and the hairline does Like one of those holograms. That's when you realize it's really fake. One of those hologram um, pictures you have to turn left yes. and right. To you're like, something <laughs> about his hairline is real <laughs> off. I don't know what it is. But you can go bald and still look good. He still look good. Yeah. Um. She. Uh, he also said that she stabbed him. A okay, couple that's of, a problem. Yeah. <laughs> that she stabbed him, and then he uh, almost like with died a knife? with a knife, and almost died, and had to tell the police that he tried to commit suicide to keep her from going to jail. To which I responded with, "If this is true, I'm giving Nicki Minaj the same smoke I gave Chris Brown because domestic violence is wrong. I don't care who you are." Period, point blank. In the yeah, story. can can we all just collectively decide that you know beating the crap out of the person you love and trying it's to kill them and calling that love is not love? Can that can that be a thing? She didn't <laughs> deny that happened. She uh, said that there was something about money and he wants money and stole money from him. It's fine. None of these things are my business. Uh, let's see what else happened. Um, I'm trying to go through this as quickly as possible because I don't give a shit about any of these stories. <laughs> That's literally it. Okay. Okay. So. Now that we've gotten through, that's the we've the taken out the, the, the foolishness. Recap. I'm certain that other things happened that I don't, I'm not remembering, but I don't care. I can't keep um, up with celebrities. I, just, I only I just, the only reason I can do it is because I randomly will get on uh, get on Twitter and I will look at uh, either a Crystal or Kid Fury's Twitter and whatever they're talking about is usually yeah, something that I find. I'm like that looks that's funny. Let me look that up. Oh, why did I do that? I can't keep up with the drama in my own life, which I don't think happens, but it's always, I'm always like three steps behind when something's happened, like layers of stories that have already happened by the time I caught up to it. And by the time I'm actually caught up to it, it's already ended. So I'm right. always mm-hmm. like, I'm late to this. I game. play, like I said, I pay a little attention to it just because I listen to a podcast that have some sort of pop culture stuff to it too. So I kind of have an idea of what's going on, but like. I know today's Thursday. Right. That's, <laughs> that's a success like, uh, in my book. 
That's a win. I literally don't care about a single one of these people. I don't care. Oh, the other thing I will say that I did get a good laugh because of the back and forth between Safari and Nicki Minaj because he did miss a well. What's wrong? Is it about is it your album sales? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I lived. I said you know because what I do love too soon is a good shady (laughs) comment. (laughs) Just kind of slid right on the table quietly. (laughs) Just like what's wrong? Your album sales. I love a good shady comment. It just well, you know, she did stab him allegedly. Stab allegedly him, stab him. So. You know, and she she says she paid for his hairline. I also feel like if you pay for his hairline, that's your loss. Or <laughs> hair gain. Huh. No. <laughs> that's enough. That's enough for the recraft. Wow. We're done. done. Celebrity drama puns. <laughs> that's enough for the recraft. We're done with that. And that's going to be a new segment where I give you. The celebrity gossip in five minutes or less. The recrap. And we all nice. express in various ways. Why? Why are we doing why? this? Why do this, all right. this happen? So what I really wanted to talk about today is the third part of our four-part series on mental health. And I wanted to have the discussion about when you are supporting someone with uh, mental health issues, what are some things that we, we shouldn't do? Ways to navigate those waters better. Um, I'm going to start. For me, I think it's understanding that you can check on me and say, hey, you okay? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. But like, don't push. You know, there may be something going on that that, that I don't feel comfortable talking about or I don't feel like, yeah, I'm just not ready to, dis- to discuss. And the more that you push, the more I want to retreat. Mm-hmm. And if you give me a second, I'm going to get to it and I will come to you anyway. So I think that for me is the biggest thing for, for to start this off. There's some other ones, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Get there. Uh, anybody else have any kind of pitfalls? Don't start off with get outside or suck it up. Like simplify uh, your, the solutions. Well, not only not only the simplification, of the, the oversimplification of the solution, but also, especially if we talk about uh, men seeking help for these issues, you can't just say get over it because then we're glossing over the fact that we need help with these right. issues and that we traditionally aren't getting the help that we need because we're told we don't need to. You simplify the solution, and by doing that, you simplify the problem. And by yep. doing that, you take away from anything that's actually going on That's they may still be trying to identify or express. Absolutely. Well, and I think we've also tell people, we have a tendency to tell men to man up. Yep. And, Ugh. you know, I think there's a lot to be said for men who are going through this. Um, not to take anything away from right. like you know women's issues or anything like that in it, but we—it's uh, a unique challenge. Just we, like all of the challenges are unique, but that is also one of the challenges. Gonna, <laughs> I think one of the other things we talked about: don't push. We talked about don't simplify. I think the first thing I think of is don't own. Like it's not necessarily yours to solve. You can be as a support. You can be helpful. You can be impactful. You can be meaningful. But it's not yours to own. It's not really necessarily yours to fix, I would suggest, at least a lot of the time. And don't take too much of it onto yourself, I think. Because I think blurring boundaries for where people are can make things messy. And, and I think it comes from a good place. When I, in the times that I've heard it, when somebody says, well, let me give you all the answers. Let me tell you all the things to do. And here's uh, like going too far into it and not letting it be about that person. And, and without realizing it, maybe taking away from that person's ability to find their own words to express themselves, take kind of ownership over their experiences, I think in a positive way, because it's their experiences. There tends to be this 
idea, especially with, you know, kind of going back to that man up thing. If you just go outside, you'll be fine. Or if you just do this, you'll be fine. Or if you just make the decision to get up. The problem with, you know, if you just get up and, and go do something or go run or something, you'll be fine. Everything will be good. The problem with that for me is it has historically been or since I've been going through this is that I don't want to do any of those things. I might know that if I just go start doing the things that I has, you know, that I enjoy doing, I'll be, you know, I can step out of it. But then there's the other side of that coin where now you've made yourself go out and all you want to do is get back, get home back at home as quickly as possible. Right. So I'm not even and enjoying the things I was doing. Right. Yeah. So now I forced myself out of the house in a situation to make somebody else happy when all I, I knew I was in a mood that said I should not be out. I shouldn't be around people because I don't feel like connecting. I don't feel like talking to anybody. I don't feel like trying to be nice and sugarcoat and stuff. You don't feel like being polite and you don't feel like doing the social niceties, period. And you know this on a certain level. And sometimes, like you said, you can go out and kind of snap out of it for a little bit. But, you know, there are the times if you've gone through it long enough, you just know this is not a day that I need to be around people. (laughs) Right. When you have those days, especially if you have things you have to do. You kind of conserve your energy for the things, things you that have you have to, to get done. Mm-hmm. And then after yeah. that, you're toast. And sometimes you have to kind of know a day or two days or multiple days in advance that on this day coming up, I'm going to have to give this much time, this much energy, this much attention to get these chores done that are needed, like kind of need to happen. But you sometimes need that wind up and you right. sometimes need that schedule and you sometimes need that preparation time. And I think that's that's valid. It was I read an article uh, called The Spoon Theory. Everybody every day is given 12 spoons or a certain amount of spoons. You use those spoons to do things. So like it takes two spoons to drive your to drive yourself to work. It takes one spoon to get up and get dressed. It takes three spoons to, you know, go through your work day. And for people who, you know, don't have, you know, issues with mental health, they get, they replenish all of their spoons on a long rest. But, you know, if you're tired or you're sick or you don't get a good night's sleep or something, you may not get all of your spoons back and you then have to continue to go through and do the same things that you did before while having less spoons Mm. for people that have, you know, some sort of mental health. They may not get those spoons back for weeks. It may be a long time. You don't know when they're, when you'll get them all back, but you still have to continue to do these things. And so at some point you run out of spoons and you're done. Playing off of that, that brings up another good idea about what people who are in positions where they want to support the supporters. Something that is helpful is accept that if you're not experiencing this, respect what it means that these are not your experiences. So you're not going to necessarily be able to speak to what that feels like. And so there's something that you want to help something that's not your experience. You can't rely on what you've gone through in the past necessarily. And so um, I think that takes away from a lot of folks who want to be supportive sometimes because it's just easy to talk about your own experiences. I think that's just natural to want to do that. But it it forces people, I think, to stop and think and be a little bit more mindful. And that takes a little bit more energy, a little bit more attention. If somebody's kind of rolling through their day, they might not be paying attention. Right. And I think there's there's something to be said for sharing experiences with someone who might be going through something similar because we've all, we've, Mm -hmm. you know, we've, we've all been through a point where we didn't feel quite right. You know, to, to kind of have those experiences makes you feel like you're not alone. It's one of the reasons why we're doing this this kind of series to talk about it. Where it gets hairy is the understanding that what your experience is and what my experience is are completely different. And what worked for you may not work for me. Mm-hmm. There tends to be this idea of, we'll do this, 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 and this, and then you'll be fine. Like it's a checklist. Right. right. And there isn't one. There's not a checklist that says, yeah. if you eat corn four times a week, 
and have, you know, whistle at the moon, then you'll wake up and everything will be fine. Have you tried eating corn four times a week and whistling at the moon? I have not tried doing that, but maybe I should. Maybe now that you mention it. Now that you mention it, maybe it's a thing I should do. So don't project and don't assimilate. Right. Do you guys have any? No, you had one. Did you have one? One left. Any kind of like, don't do this. <laughs> or even a do do this. I guess I'm going to go back to what I said first episode. Two weeks ago, yeah. Yeah. Meet people where they're at. You remember you're try- you're there trying to help them. That help may be nothing more than just sitting quietly next to them to let them know that there's somebody there who cares. It might not be a bunch of talking. It may literally be just, hey, let's watch a movie, and you don't speak to each other for two hours. Right. And just mm-hmm. watch the movie. Just um, having that presence there. Yeah, just that presence there. Being available. It's the giving that person, letting that person know that, hey, I am. I said I'm available. Here I am. If you want to talk to me, great. If you don't, I'm still here. The list of, this is going to fix this. If you do this and this and this, it's going to fix this. Just throw that out the window. Like you said, it, you know, not everybody's solution is the same. Right. Combinations of things work for some people. One specific thing will work for somebody else. Time will fix some people's stuff just because depending on what's making them be in the space that they're in. Help, helps. Us, help yeah. me not be fixed. Yeah. Right. Uh, I would say one of the things that for me is under promise and over deliver. Uh, meaning uh, if, if I tell Jason he can call me. Jason knows that after about 3 a.m., probably not going to reach me. Right. But up until 3 a.m., call. Yeah. I'm there. After 3, my phone isn't even close enough for me to hear when it rings. You're not going to catch me till 11 a.m. Sorry. It's the way this goes. Right. But if I tell Jason he can call me, Jason knows he can call me up till 3 a.m. So I don't make that promise, call me day or night. Because there's an eight-hour period where I don't right. answer the phone. Right. My phone is on silent. On purpose, no one gets to talk to me between those eight hours at all. Sleep is important. <laughs> Sleep is very important, and I, I think that there's something to be said for for that. That under promise, over deliver. Most people recognize that, like when someone says to call me day or night, I'm fine. Anytime, it's fine. They they know you don't mean that. They know that, like they mean call me when it's convenient. And I think what one of the things that we have to worry about is this idea of as the ally. Or as the person helping. I was going to go there. Yes. Your convenience, if helping out or being the ally is going to be an inconvenience to you, just don't do it. What were you going to say? I was going to start more general, but I think there's more there in what you said to talk about. Just I think there's a lot of similarities with what we're talking about, with what it means to be like a support or part of a support network for somebody that's experiencing mental health issues. There's similarities with how we've talked about allyship in the past and what it means to be kind of on the outside from those experiences, looking in having good intentions, wanting to do good, caring, and then figuring out how that translates into action and how that translates into what is my role in this. And we get into a lot of the same, um, it sounds like a lot of the similar, like feeling care is not doing care. Right. And then it comes into questions about inconvenience and when do you have to step out of your comfort zone and things like that and and just being mindful of those. Uh, So jumping into a little bit about what you were saying with if it's inconvenient to you, you know, just don't do it. One thought that I would have is, Maybe the converse of that, which is if you're only doing it when it's convenient to you, don't overpromise that. So maybe playing into what you're sharing of just be honest with where you are with it and don't say you're going to come in and save the world if you know when it comes down to it, you can't deliver that. Whether that's valid or not, I don't know, but don't overpromise that. Well, the reason I say that is because being inconvenienced breeds, breeds resentment. Resentment is one of those feelings where there is nothing that you can do about it. You can't get over it. You will always, that, that's something, it just, it sticks there. Mm-hmm. 
personally, I would always, I would rather you be like, listen, this is not my wheelhouse. This isn't something that I can, I can do. Or even like if we're having a conversation and things are going and you're just like, you know, this might be a little out of my depth. I can't do. I would rather you tell me that now mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. me lean on you and me rely on you and say, and then you're like, oh, I can't deal. Maybe, and then you start doing there at right. a moment when, when, when somebody's I, really needs. Right. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like if it's going to, if it's going to inconvenience you, don't do it. Like just, just leave it alone. It's best for you to mm-hmm. be like, you know, this isn't a thing that I can do or I can't. And just be honest. If it is, this is something that, you know, you do find something that's out of your depth and you're like, whoa, I don't. And, and the opposite to that might be if you can acknowledge that you do have the energy and time to share, then good. And that's right. the valid. That's the valid other side to that. Yeah. Right. But if it's um, something that you're like, Ugh, you right. Know, like if you look at your phone and you see that it's somebody that you know is going through something and you immediately roll your eyes because you know what this conversation is going to be, just don't answer the phone. Yeah. One, it's immediately, I don't know about anybody else, but I'll pick up on it immediately. Like, okay, let me let you go because you don't, you don't want to have this conversation. You don't want to talk me through this. You don't want to do that. It's, it's fine. It is not your job to do that. Be clear. It isn't. It's no one's job to assist in that. If you, you have the right to say, no. This is, I, I can't, I wash my hands of this, I can't do it. You are well within your rights to do that. I personally would be like, I respect you for that. You, this is out of your death. I get it. Cool. I have my my group of people that like, if I talk, that I talk to you, every present company included. Other than that, like I really don't say too much to, I don't, not personal conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't trust that anybody, that, that very many people will handle it, can handle it. You know, I don't trust that very many people are going to have my back. And yes, I'm learning that like there are more people than I think. There's still that level, that piece in the back of my mind. It's like, they don't give a hot nut about you. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I, yes, when I've been in my places that come and go, I try to challenge my own because I'll go there and I'll go straight there to like kind of, I don't want to say worst case scenario, but kind of worst case scenario about where somebody is or what they're capable of or what their values are, especially when it comes to other people acknowledging like my own self-worth when I'm in a funk. Like right. I'll go there because of what I'm saying is I don't feel that way about myself sometimes, if if that made sense. So if I'm in a if I'm in a dark place, I'm struggling to kind of see that self-worth. And when other people are maybe unavailable in the ways that I hope they are, you know, most of the time, it's not like I've told them the ways that I need, I want them to be available, but they don't present that way. And so I've kind of created this narrative. And then I go into that kind of worst case scenario. Well, it's because they don't care. It's because they're not capable. Blah, blah, blah. You fill in the blanks. Right. With, right. With the worst case scenarios. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's always it's, yeah. the worst case scenario. It's always. Yeah. That's just. <laughs> I think that's when, human nature. When I hit those moments, I don't want to say of like lucidity, but when I hit those moments where I'm kind of feeling like I'm in my own skin again and I'm like, oh, I'm kind of back. And maybe it's just for a moment. Maybe it's for a day or, or whatever the case may be. That's when I'll try to revise and catch myself. Right. With those and like, okay, wait, is this the time that I can check myself and is somebody else going through something or have I not told them the support that I need that maybe they'll be happy to be supportive if I can put it into words. And so part of that is when, when I've been there trying to, uh, I don't want to oversimplify this, but like, if you're really hungover after a night, <laughs> you don't make life decisions right. when you're really hungover. And so when I get to those you points that I have to make when life I decisions. Hope, yes. <laughs> I've made um, some terrible decisions. <laughs> I've made some terrible decisions, not quite hungover. And if <laughs> I've made some terrible decisions on the way to being hungover, I've made terrible decisions every day. <laughs> Best case scenario, when I'm in that place that I've experienced, if I can catch myself and kind of put myself in a box and say, you know, suspend judgment, suspend conclusion, whatever the case may be. And a lot of the times it's first thing in the morning when I'm taking a shower and I'm playing out those conversations that I think might happen today, that I kind of want to have happen today, and they turn into arguments. And then I go throughout the day and none of those tense conversations ever, ever happen. Right. I don't know if ever, anyone's ever had those like yes. pre-phantom 
you plan out tense conversations you think might happen. And before I know it, I'm in the shower for 40 minutes arguing with, <laughs> with like nobody. the bar of soap. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I've never And I've that. worked yeah, up no. my day. <laughs> And then you go in there with the ar- the full armor on, like, I'm, I'm ready. ready. Yes. And you're like, everybody's just like, why are you so it's aggressive? Tuesday, so- <laughs> why are you so aggressive? And it's like, because. Right. Oh, yeah. You haven't actually had this conversation with yeah. me. We've had it just in my head, and I was ready. Right. So, given that, that's like when you have a bad dream about someone and you wake up and you're mad about them. And they're like, what did I do? And I'm like, in my dream, you cut me off and you yelled at me, and you. And usually it's really surreal, so you can't even talk about that loud. There have been more times. You turned into a balloon animal and you popped, and I need it. And it's like, it's always something ridiculous. And you're just like, there have been more arguments that have ended up happened in my head that resulted in me and my partner breaking up (laughs) on my dream. (laughs) That, like, I wake up and be mad, and he'll be like, I didn't. What? I just woke up. Why are you 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 mad at me? I'm like, because we broke up. No, we didn't. And I'm like, oh, well, we did in my brain, in my dream. And I'm still mad at you for it. Keep up with the drama. Just figure it out. It only wasn't a breakup. It was some terrible, horrible breakup, you know. Right. It was like, we This is ridiculous stuff he would never do. Right. Like, threw all the stuff out in the streets (laughs) and, like, ran over it with a car. It was like, I hate you. all the milk and I was about to have a bowl of cereal. It was like, I hate you. I hate your mom. I hate everybody that's ever been around you. I bashed your car in and you know flipped it out so you can't even go nowhere. And I don't know what you're gonna do, but you have to leave here now. I've had those horrible, horrible, like just extra, which is not the, uh, not the type of person that person like he is. He all. is at all. He wouldn't. We would have a dis- we would have a calm discussion about the you know, deal. not none of those things. But in my mind, that happened, and I'm mad. <laughs> I'm mad and I'm upset. And extra mad. So like, that. I'm running around crying all all day, and it's like there's. I done pissed myself off. I done got myself all riled up. Yeah. This is rude. And I'm looking at he's looking at me like, I don't even know what I did. I don't Right. I just I don't know what I Well God well that happens to me. I'm so sorry. My wife occasionally it, it won't be so much that she's mad at me, she'll be upset about something that happened in a dream. And then she's forgive me for saying this because I know she'll hear it clingy and I'm not yes. really known for that. I'm super. I get super so, clingy. Super so I'm just clingy. like, is everything okay? <laughs> Has something happened I should know about? No. All right. Do you mean yes? <laughs> yeah, I get super, and I'm not clingy at all. Um, but yeah, when those happen, I get super clingy. Like, what's wrong? Well, no, something's wrong. <laughs> yes, please, for the love of God, when someone asks you what's wrong, especially your partner who's been with you for a while, please answer. They're not stupid. They know something is wrong and they'd really like for the tension to go away. I'm just saying. The thing is, is there'd be no tension. There's no tension. <laughs> no, you think there's no tension, you think- but your partner knows there's tension. They like, know. something's not right. I, I, I feel like I've done something. It's, it's a feeling like you've done something wrong when nothing has been done wrong. Like, I haven't seen you right for like there. four hours and we get together and suddenly I'm like, what are you? No, what no, is I wrong start with doing every no, chore but every I'm, day. I'm doing this to my partner, and he's literally just chilling on the couch. And I'm like, yes. "What's wrong?" And he's oh, like, "You're asking him." Yeah, what's wrong. he's like, okay, well, "I'm like, what's say. wrong?" And he's like, "Nothing." And I'm like, "No, something's wrong. I can tell. I can tell when something's wrong." Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> "No, it's wrong." Literally, he was comfortable, <laughs> right? He was comfortable. Like, he watched the TV. There was nothing wrong. And suddenly, there was a problem. Right. I am making something wrong by continuously asking. What's wrong? And he's like, I don't know why, why. Why do you keep? And I'm just like, I don't know what's wrong. But something's wrong. And he calls to come in the room, and like, then I just want to be alone, right? Because he won't tell me what the f is wrong. 
Because there was nothing wrong there was nothing before. Wrong to begin you with. something. And now you want to come in there and be all sweet. I'm like, just leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when you just soap your hands and walk out of the room. Because like, nothing you can do this right <laughs> nothing, anyway. Nothing's so. right at that particular point. Right. Because if he stays in the room. stop you If he stays out of the room and he doesn't come in, I'm just like. <laughs> showing up oh, so you don't even care. Right. But if he stays in the room, you just then he needs to not want him to leave. Exactly. But if he doesn't come in there again, I'm just like, if y'all say you just don't even care, I'm just gonna pack my stuff up. Let me go ahead and pack my bags. Because you're not alone. You're not alone. That's the Ryan Gosling clip from the movie. (laughs) What do you want? What do you want? I don't know what I want, and that is the problem. Notebook. I don't know what I want. If I knew what I want, never even seen it. Never seen it. But I know that's the notebook. I can't tell you how many times I'll walk up to Chuck and just be like, so this thing happened at work and I'm kind of tense and I need a timeout and I'm going to need a timeout for about 30 minutes to an hour. So if okay. I seem, seem tense, like I'm not taking it out on you, but I'm going to be a little irritable. Like, I'm just going to say, here's the complete inventory of my emotions right now and I'm going to need about this much time. I'm going to need to be in a timeout and I'm going to come back. That's that's what that is. And sometimes, and almost all of it ends with, and I know this is stupid and I know that this, like I shouldn't feel this way, which is, I mean, half up, half true, half untrue. Um, like, I shouldn't let these things get to me. I know these things happen in the workplace. I should be okay with this. But it just, like, usually it's a situation at work that's nothing. It's a little nothing situation. But I can't just come out and call it for what it is in the workplace and that gets to me. Because I just want to be honest about it and give it a name. <laughs> then I got to drive home and think about it in the car. And there's exactly. nobody there to hear me out. Oh, so that I come home. Oh, and I'm you got like, to turn the radio up, roll the windows down, and let that stuff go, ah. man. But part like, of it is, like, I just it. need that. That's what the drive home is for. And, and yeah, no, you actually don't want the windows down because you're cranking either ang- really angry music and yelling at the person that you would have been yelling at. Have whole conversations with this person. You're doing I don't want to be letting those emotions out on the like no, I passed no, by three car wrecks yesterday. Just, I don't need to yeah, be the next person. Accidentally to have out. somebody driving by and hear yelling no. and assume that you're yelling at them. Whatever. It's not them. <laughs> for, for me, when I like, because I try to be mindful with Chuck. Chuck and I both try to be mindful with each other about. How, like we're here for the other person's event for sure, but I can't, we can't hear for each other every minute of that day and every tiny little problem. Like at some point, like we need, both need to have a life. So at some point we kind of need to choose what we're going to share <laughs> and then decide to share it or not share. It. And so for me, telling him that I'm in the timeout is also part of how I say like, this is really getting to me without a full, okay. like me turning him into my emotional punching bag kind of thing. So trying to be yeah. mindful that it's, he's here to hear vents, but he's not here to be a recipient of all of that energy. Right. And I think that's the thing that I need to work on, but, you know, go come through with your healthy relationship. <laughs> things like, you know, I just need 30 minutes. I'm in a timeout right now. I need a timeout and we're fine. Your healthy ass relationship. Meanwhile, the Do rest of us... official timeout chair that, like, I mean, we're not the rest of us are trying to figure this out. We're just like, we don't know what to do. It's the same. It's just the computer chair. Usually, it's the same chair that we use. I use. Yeah, I think I would upgrade to a lazy one. I actually have a special. I have an IKEA chair. That's my special thing, and it's we got it because my puggle can fit in it. Oh, oh, healthy ass relationship. (laughs) The rest of us looking at you like, I'm out, man. Well, I mean, in all fairness. When we talk about my work, it's always very funny because I'm like, let me tell you what these morons did. Right. I'm sorry. Do these morons report to you? No, I get to watch morons. Okay. I'm paid for it. It's fantastic. <laughs> I can't tell you where I work because... He just said... I just said that. morons. Yeah. <laughs> right. I won't tell you where I work because I'm grown and I don't want them to fire me because they do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I had one more little thing that I wanted to say as far... Go ahead. Did you have something? Were you going to say about... Well, no, when, when, she has, when she has work stuff, like, we have to talk about it. 
I don't work in an office, and I've never worked in an office. And so I'm, you don't understand the dynamic. Oh or my why. goodness, no! Like <laughs> you guys have a whole. There's a whole other We're, world out there. If mm. you, without giving it away, what type of non-office environment do you work? I can't. I think you can't tell you. I that can't, yeah, it's a I can't tell you that it's a non-office environment. I've never worked in, in an which office. you're allowed to sleep from no button down to eleven. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm not. Uh, Con- I'm using my context clues. <laughs> I uh, not in food. Not I food have, service. I not have food never service. worked in an office. So when I hear. And your adventures, a little bit of yours, kind of think you work a little bit in offices, mm-hmm. kind of. I do. Like, I know a lot of people that work in offices, and none of them are happy about it. No. <laughs> no. 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 Not at all. And I'm I like, miss I miss not I, working in an office. Could I go work in a cubicle? Probably. Would I like it? No. Absolutely not. No. And my wife has very clearly told me, you are not built for office life. <laughs> there are things you're not supposed to say. That you're going to say. You don't know what those yes. are. Yeah, no. Okay. I if you said, haven't learned to play by those rules by now, you're not going to, so you should no. not go. Yeah, I said, and this is the one thing that I will say about, about my job. I love my job in the sense that it is the best office job I've ever had. Mm-hmm. I've only had two, so there's that. You no, know, it's still in the lead. That's still in the lead. But I will say the thing that is frustrating about my job is that, like, I see the things that they do. As far as like upper management, and I'm like, this isn't going to end well. Yep. And these are the reasons why this isn't going to end well. Yep. And these are the things that are gonna that are gonna happen because they made this decision that isn't going to end well. And then I watch these things happen and I go, How did you not see did it? you not see this? And I'll go talk to my boss and I'll be like, So this happened and this happened and this happened, right? And she's like, Yeah. And I'm like, Didn't we talk about this in like January? And she's like, Yeah. And I'm like, Did no one tell them that this was gonna happen? And they're like, No, we told them. Yeah, they did anyway. They did anyway. Because they don't care. <laughs> they don't care about things making sense. Right. They and that's the thing that, like, it's, it makes me, it drives me bat, batty. Yes. I'm like, we got an email about something today, and I was like, Yeah, that's that. Right. That's exactly what I was it like. Was, your response was ominous thunder is <laughs> Ominous thunder is coming. Here we go. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, but yeah. As soon as you let that go, that whole, wait, but. Didn't we? Didn't they talk about this? Yep, they sure did. And they're still doing that way. Okay. Okay. Right. Cool. I, right. That's one of the one of the magic phrases that I'm stumbling onto when I come home and I'm stuck in those cycles. Is like, but I already knew this, so nothing's new. And then suddenly I'm able to go right back. But I knew all of this. I knew this right. Okay. I knew these people were motivated by these things. By foolery and okay. Yeah. Granted, changed. I have less of that in my new environment, and I am very grateful that's for that. Good. That's good. <laughs> so. The last one I wanted to say is a don't, um, and I can't say how this affects anybody else, but for me, because of my background and some of the things that I've been to, do not, do not try to tell me to find Jesus, and I will be okay. Yeah. Like a Where's Waldo game? Like, if you just go to church, or (laughs) if you just give it to God, or if you just give it to this, and here's the reason why. I have issues with that. Number one, it don't work like that. That's list. not how it works. There's like a list. this, and and for you know, for people who have found you know that religion and spirituality helps them, great. By all means, that's why I say the things that work for you may not work for everybody yes. else. But it's not a catch-all, be-all. Just because I have prayed about something or I've given doesn't mean that I don't need to take the right. requisite steps and take the requisite medication that I really don't want to take to feel better. I had someone tell me, you know, we're we're going through this. This is when I was in like the deep, the middle of it. And just, I didn't know what to do. And just was just like, well, have you thought about going to church? Not recognizing that 
that's part of the reason why we're having this. Now I'm having these situations was, you know, a situation that happened to me while I was in church when I was a child that I never, never, you know, dealt with or, or had any. Mm-hmm. And so these are the things that are kind of coming up now. So for me to tell me to go back to that same situation that caused me years and years of grief and pain, don't do like all it did. Like, I immediately was like, I just want to go for this phone. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to, and I get I get you're trying to help, but like I'm telling you, no, that's you know I, that that's, that's that's probably not going to work for me. Oh yes, it will work for you. It works for everybody. It's you know don't do that. You know, especially those of us like those of us in the black community. That's what we're told. Give it to God because He will work it out for you. And what they don't say is give it to God. He will work it out for you. But don't forget to do the work. Mm-hmm. And don't, that also doesn't mean it's going to be an immediate end to you. Whatever right. you're going, to whatever through. you're going through. You know, it's well. I did this, and I prayed about it, and went to church, and I felt better. Okay, well, cool. Glad that helped. That worked for you. That is genuinely good. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad that that worked for you. I am. Yeah, I'm genuinely happy that that worked for you. I'm fortunately that's not the pill that's going to work for everybody. Right. <laughs> and and I think it's it's really difficult for people who take such a feeling, such a moving feeling, and they find such center and such purpose and such such safety and community from things like church for something like church. That degree of it moving in a good way and being liberated and centered absolutely can have that degree of decentering someone and taking them away from themselves and disempowering them. And when you force someone, no matter what it is, when you're assimilating someone, you're taking away from them. You're taking their control away from them. So like good to offer, like if that's just quite like genuinely putting this on the table with everything else, great. But if it's like, no, no, but you're wrong and you need to do this for a solution. Like that's taking away from someone. And especially if somebody's already feeling like they have lost a part of themselves or they are lost or lost a little bit of control over themselves, telling them to lose more control over themselves may not be the wisest solution. And then right. telling them, like blaming them. Yeah, it goes downhill from there, but blaming them for what's going on because they haven't taken your solution. Don't dig deeper. Oh, that's why it's meet them where they're at yeah. and don't take on ownership of trying to fix this issue for them because all it's going to do is lead to a bunch of disappointment for you a bunch of disappointment for them it's not your problem to fix right all they're asking you to do is just be there mm-hmm. as a human being to be there and provide maybe an ear maybe just company not to yeah. actually do the work for them or try and unless they're able to come out and say so yeah but don't right. take that away from but me. i'll tell you what I, if i need something from you i have no problem telling you what i need but i think that the the reason that it bothered me at first, I was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm, it's 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 something to think about," and but you know, wouldn't let it go. And then it was message received. Thank you. Right, and then it was like, "We'll talk to this person about this too," because you know they are really good at explaining. You know, and it's like I don't need you to break down. First, you, I don't need you to break down religion for me. I went through eighteen years. You know, what I'm saying of good time, Jesus. I have no problem going to church. I can tell you Bible stuff. I can call my mama if I need. You know, if I need spiritual advice. Phyllis Manuel is who I call, you know what I'm saying? I don't call anybody else. And that's, uh, and like, I get it. You're well-meaning. You you meant well in what you were saying. And I appreciate you trying to give advice. But if I'm like, you can tell that I'm like, I don't really want to have this. Right. And I think that there's another similarity there with allyship. And right. suddenly it has become about that person. Again. Look at me doing good. Right. Look at all of the good I'm doing and you're not accepting it. Okay, well, no, it's no longer about that person or those issues going on. I'm just... I have a whole lot of not good things to say about the church. Uh, in any way, shape, or form, doesn't matter what denomination. I don't care. Uh, the church is a business. It is not there for you. 
Recognize that. This can get it. Get away from it. Trigger warning. <laughs> yeah, this can, um, you can throw that out there as a trigger warning. <laughs> I don't really care. Well, this is like I know I just, three preachers personally. I still don't trust a holy man <laughs> at all or woman. That's a conversation that we can have as far as organized religion for another day. And I think it's an interesting conversation, especially when you're talking about Christianity and the black community and, you know, worshiping a white man and all of that stuff. We can definitely that have That's probably going to have to be a two-parter. Part. That's going to be a two-parter. Say what? I don't know anything about that part. Well, you know, that's, it's a definite, that's a Bobby definite conversation. Maybe learning. I mean, <laughs> uh, uh, mental note on that other other dimensions that are fun is for queer people who especially come out late in life and then are kind of starting that journey they have you have to kind of do that unpacking of things later in life and it's just a very different environment to do it in later in life and when religion is one of those things you have to unpack and you have to go revise your attitude and your relationship with religion later in life that's just yeah. Like right there, yes, there's more there. There's way more there. I mean, and like I said, and I definitely want to have that conversation because I remember being in my early 20s asking the Lord to take, you know, the gayness out of me because it wasn't of God. Those are the things in, you know, religion and in the church that have caused me to be where I am right now. And I'm just now getting to, in my, you know, late, mid to late 30s, getting to a point where I'm cool with, you know, I've squared that circle. So no, don't, don't ask me. I think there's really heavy stuff there. And I right. think there's a lot to get into because this isn't this isn't just like saying the words there's so many implications for like who gets to be considered a human being there's real there's just there's a lot yeah so i think that's something that we will table that conversation feelings feelings oops it's fine it's fine it's fine i think it's great it's you've given us maybe not our next month's topic but like the month after that's topic so we can do some real research on it uh final any final thoughts we spend a lot of time on trash so (laughs) no under promise, over deliver. Help if you can. If you can't, admit that you can't. Right. Be good to each other. Yeah. Be all Bill and Ted. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot, a lot of what it comes down to is honesty. Being honest with yourself with and being yourself. honest with the other person to say, "Hey, what are the reasons that I have that urge to help? You know, am I do I want? Am I doing this because I genuinely want to help the, this person, or am I doing this because it makes me feel good? Because I have an image of myself as a good person, right. and I don't want that to be challenged. Yeah. And all of those things kind of go go together. If you you know if you're doing this for self, then you're not equipped. You aren't. It is out of your depth to be a help to someone else because you're not doing it for you're not doing it for the right reasons. You know, and hence you fall into these traps of making it about you or, you know, well, this is what I did and you should do this. Or even things that you're not progressing fast enough. Yeah. You know, which is another thing that we could have totally gotten into. Like what are your expectations about where you think they should be in their progress? Right. I don't understand why you're still going through this. Well, you know, girl, I don't either. I'm done being a good, giving energy to be a good person. So I need you to be fixed. I need you to hurry this up. Right. I need you to, to, you know, you've been going through this for months now. What's happening? What are you doing? You, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I couldn't have been going through this for years, more, months more. <laughs> so this is going to last as long as it lasts, and that is what it is. I didn't know people did that. Oh yeah, that's a lot of that. It's not a broken bone that you can go. Oh yeah, in six to eight weeks, it's going to be healed. Even those you still have problems with them years later. I think that's 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 what's the person who is going through it is putting that pressure on themselves anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're not. 
again, not being helpful. <laughs> right. It's they're they're already like I've been going through this Oftentimes, for this long and I yeah. don't know. I just want this to be done. I just want to get be get better. I want to be and you don't have a date. You don't mm-hmm. know when or how it's gonna change. You just know that it is what it is. So to hear someone else or have someone else be like, Well, I don't you need to do this okay. because this has gone on for far you're just being dramatic now. Right. And that that's exactly it, is the quiet assumption or sometimes not quiet assumption is that this is your fault and you're doing this to yourself. And right. if you would just assimilate, then you'd be fixed, which is the worst. And I think one thing I was going to say earlier, and it plays right on this exactly, is bringing up that yellow wallpaper again. So there's that short story about the yellow wallpaper where when women just got diagnosed with hysteria left and right, and the solution is stick them in the attic and give them drugs or lock them in the attic. And so a um, woman was experiencing hysteria, I think, in the story. I mean, it's because, like, she's oppressed. Like, straight up, she's being oppressed and, and something deep inside of her, no matter what narratives that are being fed to her, know that this is wrong and it's screaming out that these things are wrong. Uh, so they stick her in the attic and in the attic there's this yellow wallpaper and the lines start to move and she's like basically hallucinating and she starts to peel the wallpaper and ultimately she's peeling the wallpaper, um, if I'm recalling the story correctly, as a means of getting out of it. And so their solution, their diagnosable institutional solution at the time within the story is you're being wronged and things are taken away from you. The fix is you need to have more taken away from you and this will just be rest and this will just be the fix right. for you. And so part of, I think that plays on a lot of if somebody's already feeling a loss of themselves or a loss of control or a loss of anything like that, if the solution can be translated to maybe your solution is more loss, check that before it comes out. Right. And, and I think one more idea on that is like, they're each going to be their own monster. Like even though people can have shared experiences and that's invaluable and that's so, so great when people can have shared experiences to have that connection, they're going to be different. Each person is going to have their own story. Each person is going to have their own experiences and their own way of processing it and everything. So it's not going to be a stamp solution. And it's, right. it's not going to be. So just know, be kind. Just easy. be kind. It's and, and understand like right now, I recognize that as much as I would like to help other people going through this, this is out of my death. I'm doing my dealing. I'm fighting my own demons and my own monsters. And don't have the energy. Too. So. I can have the energy to sit here and listen to you as much as I can. I, I don't no, no longer feel the need to fight your monsters with you. Mm-hmm. Listen to you fight them all day. But I can't, I don't, my, my sword is busy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and that's not like me. I'm usually the first person that I like, grab my shield and sword and go out. Where are they? Let me at them. Let me at them. But like right now I don't. So I have to just, let me handle this. And I got you. I have no problems now being like, this is out of my death. I can't do it because I'm going to take it on. And then I'm going to be sitting in my own fort at the bottom of, you know, in my bed because I can't deal with life right now. I think this is a good place to kind of where we end. Hopefully we gave you guys some really good information. We gave you some tips and some tricks, you know, saying everybody's going through something in life. Uh, I think next week we're going to end this series. Hopefully we can get a doctor in the house. Talk about the medical side of this stuff. So I haven't asked her yet, but it is what it is. You just did. You, te- just you did. kind of just did. I technically just did. <laughs> and then we're going to start our next series. And on that series, we're going to talk about gender. Mm. Oh, man. That's that's definitely outside of a wheelhouse because I'm a lot of... I'm trying to get all of the terminology and the, it's you won't need way it. out there. For you me. won't need that. We're going to be talking about what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman, what it means to be... Queer. On that note... <laughs> On behalf of Blue and Gabe and Stewie and everybody else who's been on the show, thank you guys very much. Don't forget, because I haven't said it in a couple of weeks, that we have a patron, uh, patron.com slash KC Caffeine. We have an Instagram account, uh, Instagram.com slash KC Caffeine. We have a Facebook, 
uh, Casey Caffeine. Uh, we have emails, uh, caseycaffeine at gmail.com. Send us all of your you know, comments, your discussion points, anything if you want to us to shut up you can tell yeah. us that too it's fine we will pay attention but you can tell um, us you can <laughs> check us add yeah. to it yeah I mean it's like if you give to the patron I'll do what you want I don't care <laughs> you can don't, t- don't tell lies like that you will not shut up <laughs> these lies will be flushed out you will take that money say thank you and keep it moving, keep it moving. <laughs> I will tell you exactly where to not get your podcast from here on out um, on behalf of all of us thank you so much for listening uh, and have a good night stay woke folks bye